in uh, that for some reason, I don't even know what started it. It's funny how when something happens early in your life, you don't, it isn't like it, it doesn't, it didn't happen, but it's like it doesn't matter. You know what I'm talking about? Like you got bit by a dog when you were five or something. You don't forget it, but it's not like you think about it every day. And there's this kid, and for some reason, he just walked up to me on the playground, and he shoved me really hard. Now, he was a massive, you know, four-and-a-half-year-old boy who, um, who wanted to, he just kind of threw himself at me. I, I, somebody said that I said something, and I didn't. I don't know. I was raised in a pretty rough neighborhood in Bloomfield Hills. And in the mean streets, as we called them. And uh, I remember he, he, he took a swing at me and hit me right in the face. It was like, bam. Now, I'd seen people get hit in the face. I watched the Three Stooges. I was aware of violence. And it wasn't, I, was, I didn't live a sheltered life in Bloomfield Hills. And, and I remember on Saturday mornings, we'd watch like uh, the Three Stooges. Uh, during the, the course of the week, Channel 7, once a year had what they called um, like Monster Week. I remember Monster Week, anybody? They had like Godzilla versus like everybody. And, you know, so I was, I was aware of, of, what, of what this meant, but I was, I was really shocked. Like this, he just hit me, he just pushed me. And he hit me. And I remember going, okay, what are the, you know, what do you do? How do you, how do you get out of this moment? And so I, I just kind of did what was instinctual. I put my arms up, and he, and he hit me again, and he hit me again, and he hit me again. I thought, sooner or later, you know what? This isn't going to end until I end it. <laughs> and at five years old, I went to a full-on Liam Neeson kind of a, if you want to die. I have special skills and I will find you. You know one of those things? I said, nah, it's knock it off, stop it. And he just came at me again. I remember I just, I'd never hit anybody in my life and I just gave him one of these, just kind of a. But I, but I hit him like on the jaw and it snapped him back and he, and, and I thought, okay, okay, I can do this too. How many guys know you don't know what you can do until you do it? How many guys know I didn't tell the story until your kids were gone too? I just for <laughs> PD13. And, and uh, so I remember thinking, okay, all right, you know, float like a butterfly, sting like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm ready, I'm, I'm, you know? And, and I remember, I'm going to try to duck one next time he swings at him. Because he hit me with the same, the same hand, the same side, the same. So I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to duck it. So I'm waiting, waiting. I put my hands down so it hit me, and I ducked it. And I thought, yeah, and then it hit me from the other side. Okay, hands up, hands up. But I remember one time he, he, he came over the top, and I, I went under it. And before there was a Mike Tyson, I rose up, and just from my toenails, Bam! And I jacked his jaw. His head snapped back. He hit the ground and he cried, which if you don't know the etiquette for playground fights at Bloomfield, Hells, the mean streets, whoever cries first, what? There you go. So he lost. Um, we were both crying um, and we were both bleeding and I, I had a chipped tooth and uh, I just never been hurt like that. And, and what's funny is the hurt wasn't necessarily, you know, how hard can a five-year-old hit? But what hurt my, it was like, I've never been hurt before. Someone just hit me because they were mad at me. I didn't even know what I did. So it was hurt was not just my, my tooth or the, the dirt or the, the eyes. or the, it, there, there was something inside of me that realized for the first time, people aren't safe. They're kind of weird. Like, like if that was a dog, I'd say, well, my parents have warned me about dogs. If that was Godzilla, well, Channel 7 warned me about Godzilla. If, if, if that were, you know, a soap opera, well, you know, Luke often leaves Laura for Robert Scorpio. It just is what it is, right? YouTube it. It's really funny. If you're under 40, that was a great line. But it, for the first time, it wasn't hurt out there, hurt in concept. I had been hurt by another human being, and I didn't realize people were dangerous. We, we've been talking about um, mercy 
uh, starting last week. We're going to talk about it today. We're going to talk about it again coming up even on Christmas Eve because I think mercy is one of those things that is so, so vital to today's sanity, um, so, so important to regain lost unity, so incredibly vital to the lifeblood of, of families, of communities, of nations, and, you know, peace on earth, right? Not just peace in my home or peace in my heart, but what if, what if we could have a place, a planet that had something greater than what divided us, uniting us? And so I, I hate to go Martin Luther King on you, but I have a dream. I have a dream of a group of people that understand the power of mercy. I can tell that story about the bully. I'll call him a bully because then I sound more of a victim, which empowers me in, in most rooms in America. And that was funny too, by the way. Um, and, and I, but it, what's funny is it, it doesn't bother me today. I remember it, but it doesn't really like, affect me. I can tell it in a touching way, but it, I don't think about it uh, other than the, the time I kicked, you know, Ford Mathis's butt. But his parents named him Ford, and, and he needed a beating. That's all I'm saying. He, 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 I was not the first person to beat him, right? So as we're counting down this, I want to talk a little bit because I, I don't know if you noticed, has anybody ever had their feelings hurt? Every hand went up. Did you see that? We want to talk about our gifts that we want. We want to talk about what we want to be when we grow up. But as you notice, like, like a hand went up here and a hand up there, and I said, how many guys have ever had your feelings hurt? And every hand went up. And they're like three years old through 10 years old. Why? What is it about the human condition that we're fragile? that we're frail. We're strong. We can win wars. We can defeat enemies. We can slay giants. We can take on nations. We can defeat Hitler. But, but at the same time, there's a part of us that really wishes that we didn't have to live that way. It continues that that was on a Friday that happened. You'll never guess that kid, Ford, not Chevy, Ford. I spent the night at Ford Mathis house, and I remember those reindeer, the old, remember the old, be a dentist, and you know, like, go Claire was a good name, and, and I, I was sweet, be cookies made out of styrofoam and imitation nuts, your teeth, rot your brain, you washed it down, you know, like spiced hot chocolate, that, um, hyped, stoned, <laughs> I remember being so, dinner, what was it, ended in one of the best friends, I don't know, because we processed, fight was 2023. The last few weeks, would you rather, we're talking about not direct, and it is my contention has to follow you. You know one that wronged you. There, there is no singular incident in the past that has the right to define your future. History is history, but Jesus says destiny is destiny. So I want, I want to drill into that because the last week we got into the Lord's Prayer, and it's this radical prayer. Our Father in heaven, you say, stop. <laughs> 220,000 words in the Old Testament. And only 13 of them refer to God in a paternal or fatherly sense. Rare thought. Jesus starts that way. You want to learn how to pray like I pray? Do what I do. Here we go. Ready? We're talking to God who's our Father. That's the relationship. That's the criteria. That's the understanding. Our Father in heaven. You go, oh, okay. Hallowed be your name. Okay, I got that. Worship him. Uh, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop. What do you mean? I, I thought the goal was to be so good that someday I deserve to go where good people go. And you're telling me you're so good, you're going to bring heaven to where bad people live. How, how is that possible? I, it's a radical prayer. And then he gets to verse 12. He says, forgive us our sins, our trespasses, our debts, as we forgive those who've punched us in the face at Eastover Elementary School when you're five years old. Forgive us our debts. To what measure? As we forgive. Okay, now there's the catch. And, and understand this, this radical teaching on prayer, this understanding of connecting with God as Father, heaven coming to earth, daily bread, his kingdom coming, his will being done. He only comes back to one part of that prayer, and it's in verse 14, Matthew chapter 6, where he says, for if we forgive men their sins, 
No, that's the wrong one. For if we forgive people when they sin against us, your heavenly Father will also forgive you your sins. But, everybody say but. I knew it was going to be one of those Sundays, right? But if we do not forgive people when they sin against us, your heavenly Father will not, will not, will not, capital letters in Greek, right? Will not forgive you yours. But man, that's, you know, I, can we come back to the kingdom coming? <laughs> Can we come back to worshiping a father? Can we come back to daily provision? No. The only thing Jesus comes back to is this, and I think it's important that he does, because I am prone, as maybe you are too, of hearing, you know, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Like, well, that's probably a metaphor. If your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out with a dull, rusty spoon. You're like, mm, I think he's using, like, exaggerative language to make a point. So I'm glad he comes back and says, no, I'm really talking about this. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't a metaphor. Like, unless you forgive your brother from your heart, Matthew 18, your sins will be counted against you. And I say this because I think if there's anything that is difficult in my life of peopling (laughs) since kindergarten through today, it's not how good God is as Father. It's not his kingdom coming. I'm learning to pray exaggerative, beautiful kingdom prayers, and I'm seeing God begin to move in ways I haven't seen him move before, and I'm asking God for things I never even thought of asking for before, right? But if there's anything that challenges me in my walk with Christ, it's the purity of my heart towards people when they've hurt me. Anybody else want to raise your hand like a child standing on a platform on Sunday morning? This is it, man. So I'm glad he comes back and goes, no, no, this is no joke. Like, I'm serious about this. So why is, why is he so, we're going to get this today, why is he so serious about this? Like, why is this unforgivable? Can't I just walk in my pain and be, this is why. I am utterly convinced and nothing has ever convinced me otherwise, and that is that Jesus loves people. Um, John 3.16, yeah, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I see it. I, I see the love of God. I see, it, I see it played out in the lives of people a million times a day. I see the kindness, the generosity, the goodness, the greatness, all because of the motivating factor of his love for people. Because Jesus loves you, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because Jesus loves you, he's saying, don't do this. My, my grandchildren were standing on the platform a moment ago. They have a, an interesting habit of finding the most dangerous, sharp, or electrically motivated thing in my house and deciding that's a good place to invest a couple of fingers. Bzz. Yesterday, true story. Sister Babe, back me up on this. We're playing with Hollis and Francine. Hollis is upstairs, and all of a sudden, Francine's missing. How many of you guys know when the young one disappears, there's a problem? The old one disappears, he's probably cleaning my room for me. He's responsible. But when the youngest disappears, it's something, right? And I'm like, Francine, there's no answer. Well, my house isn't big enough not to be heard. She heard me, and she's ignoring me. So the tension is starting to grow. Are you with me? How many of you guys have more than one grandchild, so you know what I'm talking about? If you have more than one, then you have an oldest and a youngest. And so Francine, nothing. I see the light on in my bedroom. I'm like, oh, that's where Gammy hides all the Christmas. Yep, there's one closet that all the Christmas gifts are in, and they're piled in a corner, and they're covered with stuff. By the time I get there, 90 seconds after we discover her missing, she has found the presents, she's uncovered them, and she's saying, look! What a great discovery I've made, right? But how many of you guys know the commandment of don't do that is not because we're killjoys, but because there's a greater joy waiting for those who await. There's a greater joy waiting for those who will obey. There's a greater joy waiting for those who will forgive. And I want to make this point today that I believe that unforgiveness is much like cancer in the sense that, that what happens in cancer is that 
was it diroxynicleic DNA? That's why they abbreviate it for people like me. Um, in the strands, it's a double helix, so it's a ladder twisted, and there's all these beautiful varying things that go up. But what that is is a blueprint. It, it is literally telling as a cell goes through what's called mitosis. Anybody past high school biology? Mitosis, meiosis, remember that? I could never remember that, but here I am and it doesn't matter, and now I have it. Thank you, Karen Waltz, my biology teacher. But as, as that cell is getting ready to go through mitosis, where one becomes two, it, it goes through this thing where it says, what should we be? And there's this beautiful piece of blueprint that tells it what it's supposed to be, what it's supposed to have, the chromosomes, the molecules, the, and, it, and it goes through this process. Well, understand this. Much like in Chernobyl, why, why does the radiation from a nuclear problem or from cigarette smoke or from uh, PFAS chemicals at Camp Lejeune, or why, why is it an outside force affects an inside cellular thing causing cancer? The reason is this. Because the blueprint of what it, the sex cell was supposed to be, let me say it again, the blueprint of what the next cell was supposed to be was damaged by an outside force so that when it recreated, it recreated in a way that caused death instead of life. It was harmed. It was damaged. Every cell has a purpose. Every cell has a lifespan. Every cell is supposed to reproduce another cell after it's kind to take its place when it's gone. Everything. And I see so many, so many things that occur in our, in our cells that occur in our souls that if we don't get things right as we multiply, as we reproduce, we can find ourselves causing something or spreading something that doesn't bring life but brings death. What happens to DNA when it's damaged by radiation, smoke, chemicals, your drill sergeant, and it becomes cancerous? Here we go. When the DNA of a cell is damaged and becomes cancerous, number one, it refuses to die. Am I dealing with unforgiveness? Let's do an exam. Does it refuse to die? If you relive it, every time you retell it, you're not over it. It refuses to die. It won't go away. The same thing's happening here in our cells. It's like it's supposed to have a life cycle and it goes away and produces this other healthy one and it's kind. But instead, it goes, I'm not dying and I'm reproducing. So it, it goes on from that. It recreates more cells like it. So now we have the beginning of a tumor. Benign or malignant, we don't know, but we know that something that God never intended that was not in the blueprint of our DNA now begins to multiply and it's taking on substance. It draws other cells to itself. Did you know that a tumor begins to reprogram the cells around it so it gets all the attention? I want calories, I want blood, I want oxygen, I want waste. We are building something important here and it will actually begin to, to have a new blueprint so all the body's energy is stored or, or focused in one area, ignoring all the other areas. It redirects energy to itself. All those blood vessels we just built, bring it on, baby, I'm hungry. It grows exponentially. A single cell with, with, a, with a molecular flaw in it becomes something the size of my fist. And lastly, it destroys its host if it goes untreated. That's what happens in a cell. Like in somebody's like, Jim, God bless you, man. You got into a fight and it's a biology lesson. Like, why am I here? How does this apply to my life? I'm going to replace one word to show you why that statement on the board applies to you. I'm going to get rid of the word cell. I'm going to put in the word soul. When the DNA of a soul is damaged and becomes cancerous, it refuses to die. It's Christmas time. Okay, but I'm not going if he is. I won't be there if she's there. Why? Because 47 years ago. Why? Because of what they posted on their anti-social media. Well, I'm not going to, why? Because I just, you understand what I'm saying? It refuses to die, it won't go away. It creates and recreates more cells like itself. Boy, can I just play with social media again? How many of you guys know I love social media? 
as long as you never use it again. Okay. Um, maybe it's quiet, man. I should just be sober. All right, we're, we're getting surgery, so be quiet. Don't joke around in operation. Ever wake up, the surgeon's like, hey, so these two nuns walk into a bar. Like, that ain't right, right? So I, I get it. You're having surgery, and I'm, I'm joking. But what about this one? Get on social media, and you'll find the people that share the exact same wounds. They've never met each other, but now they're like the best of friends. Why? Because that college or that cause or the skin color or the political stand or I used to go to that abusive old group of gathering that used to, what is it? It's unresolved, unforgiven issues and it's destroying its host. It draws other cells to itself. Build this up. I, I need support. I need others to feel this way. It redirects energy to itself. It grows exponentially, and it destroys its host if it goes untreated. Are we still tracking? How many of you guys know that the difference between a cell and a soul, as it pertains to this, is not that much? And it, please, I, I don't mean to bring up cancer because I know many of us have suffered greatly because of that name. So forgive me for using that as an example. But if anybody in this room can testify to what happens to a person's body when cancer occurs, please don't be afraid to, like, let me use your story because we saw it with our eyes, but we can't see unforgiveness with our eyes. And it is doing the same thing inside of the souls of men and women that it does on the outsides of men and women that cause us to die. So this is why Jesus is so not joking about it. It's because it, it, it's just a small thing, no big deal. I can handle this the whole time is reproducing. The whole time it's drawing attention. The whole time it's not dying. It's reproducing. And you know this as much as I do. We don't even know the things that offended us for 40 years ago. Like if you're 40 years old, maybe it's been 20 years ago. If you're 20 years, maybe it was 10 years ago. But all of a sudden we see something, we smell something, we hear something, and, and we revert back to the state of once we were once offended, we go back to that state as if it just happened today. By a show of hands, in church, on Sunday morning, with your grandkids as your witness, have you ever been by yourself? and gotten in an argument with a person that wasn't even there. What is that? It's drawing attention to itself. It's an unresolved issue that separates what Jesus wants us to unite. This is why we should be serious about this. Let me, let me shift gears and just introduce you to a guest speaker. His name's Solomon. We'll call him Saul. Um, wisest man up until Jesus, best teacher up until Jesus that ever lived. And, and in Proverbs chapters one through three, he teaches us how not to live. Don't do this, the wayward woman, fear the Lord, have wisdom, don't, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. But in chapter four, he goes from the prohibitions to, to the things that we, we should be doing. He teaches us how to good, do good. And this is what he says, my son, pay attention to what I say. Turn your ear to my words. Don't let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are like their life. Everybody say life. To those who find them and health. Everybody say health. To one's whole body. Now he's about to say this. What's he doing? Well, he's talking about that part of us that is physical and that part of us that's spiritual or soulish. And instead of saying they're different, he's saying they're the same. Listen, if you'll live this way, you'll have life. You'll have health. Well, those are both not, I mean, those are psychological words. Are they not your mental health? and your physical, come on, health. So he's using a, 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 he's drawing the dots together that we've drawn together. I hate it when Solomon steals my stuff, but he has here, right? They are life to those who find them. Well, let's take the prescription now. What happens in verse 23? Above all else, before and over and preeminently, all other thoughts. Here we go, you ready? Guard that heart of yours, man, for everything you do flows from it. Let's get back to DNA. As your cells have DNA, your souls have DNA. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. You ever heard it? 
I quote it like every other week, if not every week. You are God's workmanship. And every single person in this room, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, brother, sister, you have a purpose. We are God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of doing good works that God prepared in advance for us to do. Hear me. Just as a cell has no idea what it's doing, but it's programmed to do it. So when we're born, we have no idea what we're doing, but we've been born to do it. We're programmed for it. You have a passion that's a clue. You have a pain that's a clue. You have a proficiency that's a clue. Why is it something thrills you, kills you, and fills you that doesn't thrill, kill, and fill the person next to you? Why is it you're so upset about it that no one wants to talk to you about it anymore because you're kind of a freak about that one thing? That's our pain. That's our passion. And this giftedness that we have to be who God made us to be. Listen, before there was a you, there was a reason for you. So what keeps you from being you? Above all else, if the heart goes unguarded as DNA is perverted, morphed, collapsed, destroyed, so the purposes of mankind can be lapsed, destroyed. There are people born for great things that get sidetracked into lesser things, and they never find their way off that sidetrack. That's not true. You're talking to a pastor. It's true. All I do is God and people. Maybe that's a terrible way to say that, but that's all I do. I don't do the the dollars and cents of this church. I don't do the scheduling of this church. My wife tells me where to be the next day. Tells me what to wear sometimes even. Now, she tells me what not to wear. Who clapped? Who clapped? My wife tells me. (laughs) An unguarded heart will eventually be a damaged heart, and the purpose of that heart will be perverted by the damage that it goes unresolved continues. Let your eyes look straight ahead, man. Fix your gaze directly before you. Yeah, but they said, and I don't like the way, and they're trying to, it's all distractions trying to draw you off the path. Like, you have a reason. You have a purpose. You're God's poema. You're his workmanship. He has a reason for your life. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Keep your foot from evil. There's a phrase that's interesting in this. We've, we've kind of transliterated it because the literal would be difficult to understand. They give careful thought to your paths. Literally in the Hebrew, says make level paths for your feet because that's a phrase that means that. They just said that rather than the phrase. It'd be kind of like if you said, yeah, I finally got that monkey off my back. 3,000 years later, it's like, yes, well, they had a custom of wearing monkeys when they were burdened back in the United States, in the early days of the United States. So they just, they understand the cultural saying. It's just a saying. So it means give careful thought, but it says make level pass. Say it with me. It says make level pass. I want you to notice something. It says make level pass, not take level pass. We will often find ourselves in a place that ain't level. It's not fair. It's not right. It's unjust, it's wrong, it hurts, and it matters. So what do we do? We, we take the injustice and we give it to the just God. And, we, and through great effort, this is no joke, by the way. Again, hardest thing I do as a person is we make that path that was once blah, 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 blah into, why? Because we lower what's high and we raise what's low. Because we forgive and, and we move forward. We keep the vision of who we are and what we're supposed to be doing in front of us. We don't look to the right. We don't look to the offenses on the left. We don't look to what that. We, we literally, like a child, understands let it go and move forward. Somehow instinctually they know just to let it go and move forward. Not like it didn't happen. Not like it doesn't matter. Not like it's okay. But they know how to, they know how to forgive. And the person who punched in the face today, they spend the weekend with drinking euphoric drinks filled with unbelievable calories. And I was stoned. There it is again. Right? 
Final thought, can DNA be repaired? I, I want to I show you something um, about this. This is, this is a strand of DNA. And if you're like, I know we're on live stream today, so maybe broaden the shot, unless it gets us kicked off a of live stream. But I'd love for people to see this. I so feel like, like Mr. Science, like Jim Nye the science guy. You know what I mean? That's what I feel like. But that's a strand of DNA. Now, this thing that's around it, you say, what is that? Is that calcified something? Is that the cheeseburger I ate last night in molecular form? Is that, no, no, that's, that would be a fat cell. But look at this. Watch what Watch this thing does. Is that just the coolest thing ever? What's it doing? It's, it's some sort of machine within the molecular system of, of deroxynucleic blah, 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 DNA, and it's checking before mitosis, before it reproduces, is this okay, is this okay, is this okay? Before it reproduces, it's, it's what's called a cellular checkpoint. And it goes through that. I got to play that again because that's just too cool, right? Hit it again. So the sponge thing goes down the thing thing, and it makes the thing thing repaired. So before it, before it reproduces, it makes sure that it reproduces well. Guys, hear me. The cellular checkpoint. That's what I'm doing right now. Uh, piano guy, join me. That's what we're doing right now. We're getting ready for 2023. And I know you get bit by a dog. I know you got beat up on the playground. I know people suck. I know the, the world is unjust. I know. I know, I know, I know. But I want you to hear me. If we don't let 2022 stay in 2022, it will pervert the purposes God has for your life in 2023 and beyond. So last week we talked about the, the tradition that comes out of Leviticus where the, you know, sweep the house, get rid of all the yeast, no yeast. For seven days, no yeast, sweep the house. And even today, a friend of mine, uh, he's a, a rabbi of a Messianic congregation. So Jesus is his Messiah, but he still lives at all the Jewish festivals. And so he doesn't sacrifice animals because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, but everything else is there. And uh, what he ends up doing is he, he lights a candle, takes a wooden spoon and a feather, and his youngest children, they go through the house and they look in the corners and they, they're looking for yeast. They're looking for pieces like breadcrumbs or crackers or whatever, whatever might have yeast in it. And they, they go with the candle. The candle symbolizes the word of God. The feather symbolizes the presence of the Holy Spirit. And with the illumination of the candle and the help of the feather, they, they put it into a spoon and they take it outside the house and they burn it to ash. And I want you to hear me. Please hear me. If I have a gift for you for Christmas this year, it's that 2022 is rapidly moving into the history books. My concern is not about 2022. My concern is the destiny of you, of your marriage, of your family, of your kids, of your grandkids, of your great-grandkids, of this spiritual community, of our larger community, of our national community. If, if this world could be blessed with peace, it would have to come through mercy. There's no other way. But do you know what the Palestinians have done to the Jews since Abraham? Mercy. But do you know, do you know what the, the people on that side of the tracks did to the people on this side of the track? Do you know what Ohio State tried to do to Michigan but horribly failed? That was just fun. Do you know that pastor talks about every week and it offends me? Okay, let's do that one. The only way to leave yesterday truly yesterday and not let the damage, which is real, the, the, the damage is real. The only way to get rid of yesterday is this, this thing called mercy. Cellular checkpoints. Are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, I found something that's not okay. What do I do with it? You forgive. The word forgiveness actually means to divorce, to separate, to let go. I am no longer in a covenant relationship with the pain of my past. I divorce it, and I move forward without it. 
No, the pastor did not just say forgiveness and divorce are synonyms. I did not say that. But, but the word, the definition paints the picture. Um, what's happened? That's a good question. What happened in the past that's damaged the DNA of your heart and thereby damaged the DNA of your destiny, of your future? Nothing in this world is closer to heaven in my life, nothing, than my marriage. The closest moments of heaven I've ever experienced in this world has always consistently happened because Dean is in the room, always. Without, like, who's in second place? Like, I don't know, probably grandkids. Sorry, kids, but probably grandkids. But man, our marriage is the fountain of God. Can I also say this? I've never experienced anything closer to hell than my marriage. And she knows this. She's heard me say this, and she would babe, just amen it heartily so everybody knows that you're, you're on board. Amen. amen. <laughs> like, for instance, using this as a sermon illustration without talking to her first. Probably not heaven. Probably not heaven. So how is it that the biggest hurtful, hard gut-wrenching, feels like I'm going to die, can't breathe arguments. How, how is the first statement true? And the second statement true? It's, it's pretty simple. In almost 34 years, next month will be 34 years, we have never once gone to sleep angry. We've missed several nights of sleep, but we've never gone to sleep angry. By the time we go to sleep, whatever the argument was about is left in the previous day and when the mercies of God are renewed, when the sun comes up in the east every morning, a newlywed couple in the Garden of Eden gets up next to each other. We don't sleep on couches. We, we don't go and run off to our parents' home. And, and if you have, that wasn't an indictment on doing that. I'm not, I'm not trying to cause problems. I'm trying to show you the way out of them. The reason heaven comes to earth through that little girl and me is because, not, not because of just his goodness, not just because of his greatness, but because of the example of his mercy. How can I look at what Jesus did hanging naked on the cross in front of his mother and his best friend as he forgives those who crucified him, beat him, put a crown of thorns on his head and are mocking him right now? And he says, Father, forgive them for they don't have any idea what they're doing. How can, how can I hold anything against her? How can she hold anything against me when that is the example that is set before us? If he forgave them, then through him I can forgive anybody. And in doing so, 2022 stays in my past, and 2023 is laid out as, as 365 days of opportunity and adventure and newness and brightness. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not uh, Scrooge's business partner, Marley. I'm not dragging around chain loads of bitterness and strife. And you say, that's, that's naive. Maybe, but I was never happier than when I was a naive kid. And Jesus didn't say, make sure they grow up to be like you. He said, make sure you grow up to be like them. Just as these kids raise their hand that they've been hurt, we could all raise our hands. So what do we do with it? What happened in the past that's damaged the DNA of your heart and thereby your purpose? I don't spend much time with people anymore because people are dangerous. Maybe you're created to spend time with people. I don't, I don't go to church anymore because I, I, don't, I don't visit that person. I don't want to go to church or I don't want to go to like Christmas if that, per, that brother-in-law is going to be there. I'm not going to, listen to me. 
if we have ever harmed you in any way, honey, I am so sorry. And, and if you ever harmed me in any way, I forgive you. Happy New Year. I am not carrying every disappointing moment with me because it's far too heavy. So I exercise a difficult moment, a decision of mercy. And in exercising that, 34 years later, we get to spend time with our kids that love Jesus, love each other, and love us. Spend time with our grandkids that love their grandmother and tolerate Captain Poopy is what they call me. It's lonely, man. Unforgiveness is lonely. But mercy, mercy lets everybody in. So would you stand to your feet? Stand to your feet. Let God's mercy repair your DNA. Come on, close your eyes all over this room. Father, I pray, search our hearts. Search our minds. Let God's mercy, like that, that thing that went down the other thing, they prepared the first thing. Holy Spirit, I pray, go down the DNA of our souls. And when you find something that's been broken or irradiated or poisoned, it's been damaged by an outside force. It wasn't created that way. Something on the outside found its way to the inside that harmed that. We weren't created hating anybody. We weren't created afraid of anybody. We weren't created with anything but a childlike faith. We believe the fat guy with the bovine team that lands on the whole, whole and it, not, we believe that. Why? Because children believe. So God, I pray, let a room full of your children believe that the reason you are so hard on this is because it's so hard on us that at the end of our life, we'll look back and realize we wasted it when it could have been invested. So Father, let your mercy overflow our hearts so we'll have something to give. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I just want you to know this. God is not just commanding you to be merciful. He is, he is living within his commandment. So you don't, you don't understand, Jim. When I was a kid, I followed God, but then I've had people say, but I went to the war. My, my marriage is, I've hurt people. I've done time. I'm still struggling today. And they got all these reasons why what they've done is somehow in their mind greater than what God did for them. God is so serious about forgiving you that he paid the ultimate price. When he looked at eternity and saw that you weren't there, it was unimaginable. So God the Father did the unthinkable by sending God the Son to pay the price for all mankind. He is that serious, not just about you forgiving those who have harmed you, but he's that serious about forgiving you. Over and over again in the Gospels, there's a simple phrase. It says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, if you were to reach out right now, you'd, be, you'd grasp it. You'd be in it. It'd be in you. Like Francine trying to put her finger in a light socket. You'd be irradiated by a moment of contact where the, the currency of heaven flows through your body. And yesterday gets to stay yesterday. But today and every day thereafter is born again, a new creation, the head and not the tail, victorious through Christ. That's, that's what's waiting for those who would trust you. Well, Jim, I believe in God. Okay, but do you believe that God believes in you? Enough to give his son so that all your yesterdays can be baptized in a sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west that you would find his mercy today before you leave. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And today, if you're like, Jim, I need this. Um, this is probably my one stop in church for the, the next year. Maybe I'll say Easter, maybe I won't, but I needed this today. 
And today, by a show of hands, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm going to have my eyes open, my eyes open, but also I believe the Lord has his eyes open right now. More important than my eyes. My eyes are open so I don't fall off the stage. His eyes are open because he's been waiting from the foundations of the world for you to understand and receive mercy so you can be merciful, so you can be forgiven, so you can be free. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Jim, today I'm asking God for mercy. Today I'm asking God to forgive me. Remember when you do, you cannot receive it without correspondingly giving it away. So we're not just asking to be forgiven. We're asking to be forgiven and forgiving. That's you. If today you need mercy from God, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Jim, today I want to give my life, my past, my present, my future. I want to give my life to Jesus. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand all over this room when I come to three. One, two, three. Come on. Hands are going up all over the room. Today's the day, man. Yesterday's yesterday. Tomorrow's like stretched out before me like a thousand eternities. Today I give my life to Jesus. Today I give my life to Jesus. Father, I pray for every uplifted hand and every open heart. One of the greatest miracles of all is when someone says, I need you. And God, today, many people said, I need you. And, and we all do. And Father, I pray for those who raise their hands and open their hearts that you would move in now in such a way that they never be the same again. Listen, if you raised your hand today or you wanted to, but you didn't, God knows your heart. Would you just do this in your own way and say, God, I'm sorry. God, take it away. God, heal my past. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your spirit, your spirit, not the spirit of this world, not the spirit of injustice, not the, not the spirit of self-righteousness. I want your righteousness. I don't want to be right. I want to be righteous. I want to be at peace finally, once and for all at peace with you and with those around me, God. Help me today to forgive as I have been forgiven. And I am forgiven. And I do forgive now in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Um, Christmas Eve Eve is Friday night. Guys, am I getting that right? There's a big storm that's rolling in. Uh, they're talking about like 10 to 12 inches. Say, so Jim, what's the plan if there's a big storm? We're having church Christmas Eve Eve. Do not risk your life. Um, but we live in Michigan. If you're from Florida, run for your life. We live in Michigan. Doors will be open. We'll be having church Friday night. Um, altar workers are moving forward. And if you'd like prayer, talk to somebody about this. Cool. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm going to walk right back into that where it says guest room in the back corner. We're going to hang out there for a while. In the meantime, would you hug two or three people? Say God bless you. You look like you lost weight since last year. And uh, man, your hair is getting thicker every minute, I can tell.